And welcome, everyone, to another episode of What Exit Jersey Stories. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Franco, and my co-host is... Peter Riario. And with us today again is the great, wonderful, and getting us through everything in this uh, time of crisis, Mr. Ming Chen. What's up, everybody? Uh, th- thank you for putting this together, uh, this together, Ming, if I can actually speak straight today. Um, today, we're going to go over a little bit of New Jersey history, but focusing on sports. Because N- New Jersey has a nice, uh, you know, uh, a nice little history, a nice colorful history uh, re- regarding sports. Uh, and in fact, you know, we'll, we'll go over some of those colors today in, uh, in what we talk about. So, uh, what do you know, uh, Ming, about like New Jersey sports? Like, um, the obvious, of course. Uh, I know for well, I know that New Jersey Devils were the, I think, uh, the first professional sports team in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. You're uh, mistaken. Okay. And that's um, <laughs> what I thought. Established in 1982. Um, no way. I guess the Nets would have definitely predated them. I don't know what. That, that, but, that's correct. But but there's actually something even uh, before that. The, there's the Nets, but then there's, there's their precursor because they were the New York Nets in the ABA. But their first season, they were the New Jersey Americans played at the right. Teaneck Armory. <laughs> that's right. Not and, that. Yeah, and um, I, I've I've always thought New Jersey sports always took a backseat to New York sports, which which always pained me. Um, while I didn't grow up here, I've no, I lived here a number of years, and uh, it always always seems like uh, all my favorite New Jersey sports teams are uh, are living not only under the shadow of New York, but some of them just give up and move to New York, and uh, yeah, like the Nets, did. Nets being one of them, <laughs> and it's it's painful. I think uh, I think it's time for us to rise. I think it's yes, time yeah. to get our. Oh. Doom. <laughs> we need to yeah revolt take to the streets yeah <laughs> um but i mean just really randomly i are not in the streets right now but you know but uh, a lot of great sports stars uh born and bred in new jersey um yeah, sure. played in new jersey uh in my opinion the greatest baseball player living playing right now mike trout is from new jersey oh, yeah that's and, where he's from yeah in and jersey I, where is he from? Uh, shoot, I'm going to look that one up. Someone can chime in if uh, I'm sure we have a sports nut out there who knows exactly where Mike Trout is from. He's uh, like from the Vineland area. I think he's from more south. I believe, yeah, d- down uh, south. He's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember which county, but uh, yeah, like in fact, I was looking at some of the uh, some of the greatest uh, sports athletes to come out of like each county, and and he was the tops in his. So. Yeah, there's actually a, like a few uh, Jersey uh, players right now, actually in baseball. Uh, do, do, do you remember uh, Todd Frazier? Uh, I do remember Todd Frazier. Um, recent guest on the Calling the Shots podcast, as a matter of oh, fact. Yeah. Oh, excellent, excellent! I I, I didn't get to uh, watch that episode yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They somehow scored Todd Frazier. I get. I, I I'm sure. I have no doubt they used the New Jersey angle. Like, we're New Jersey podcasters. We love New Jersey. You're from New Jersey. Come on with us. And I think it worked out. So. Hey, hey, babe, there's still our thunder. No, 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 no allusion to the Trenton thunder of the uh, miners. But, uh, <laughs> but no, no, because actually uh, my wife actually knows Todd Frazier as well. Oh, right. That's cool. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> but yes, a L- L- Little League World Series hero, in fact. Right. Right. Tom's River, New Jersey. That is correct. And they uh, obviously. Yeah, they won. What year was that that they won? 
Oh, crud. I know, I'm throwing out all my sports. Yeah, I should know this. They have signs all over the place. Um, yeah. As you go farther south uh, towards Toms River, New Jersey, you'll see uh, home of uh, the whatever year Little League Baseball World Series champions. We'll have to look that one up as well. Oh, yeah. Well, what, one, if one we have Todd on, we'll go over that uh, w- with him. And uh, some uh, we, we can go over some uh, New Jersey sports. In fact, uh, like more in the Little League uh, area. But today we're going to take a step up, actually. We're going to pass Little League. We're going to pass high school. We're jumping to college. Wow. All right. What do you have for us, Nick? Well, New, New Jersey has, you know, s- some well-known colleges such as Princeton, uh, Rutgers, uh, Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. In, in, in fact, uh, Pete, do, do you have uh, some some of the uh, people from uh, those uh, colleges? Uh, I, th- I think you were looking into well, some of those. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple like notable uh, people like, that came out of uh, a couple notable sports figures that came out of those schools, or Rutgers, Princeton, Seton Hall. Um, the 2015 World Cup for the women's soccer um, at Rutgers. You had Carly Lloyd, although I yep. know maybe that might be not a name that uh, you know a lot of people know. Uh, Jim Valvano, you would probably know some about him, Nick. No, yes, Jim, Jim Valvano. Well, uh, Ming, do you remember him? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Jimmy V, uh, North Carolina State, I believe, uh, took yeah. down the mighty uh, University of Houston basketball team. Uh, featured, uh, yeah, five slamma jamma. Yeah, Five Slam and Jeff featured Hakeem Olajuwon, and uh, they they had some powerhouses on that. Clyde the, Dre- uh, Clyde the Glide Drexler was also on that team. Yeah, two oh, wow. future NBA Titans were on that team, and uh, you know, this little oh, but, uh, <laughs> NC State came out of nowhere, uh, and, and uh, um, uh, due to Jimmy V's coaching strategy, took down this mighty team. And uh, he, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, passed away. But before he did, uh, he went on the ESPY Awards, gave yep. a very, very moving speech, which everybody should go on YouTube and watch. Never stop, um, never give up. Yeah, don't stop, don't, uh, don't give up, don't ever give up. Was uh, don't ever give up. Uh, yeah, and uh, I actually have that on a T-shirt, um, which, uh, and I try to live by that every day. But uh, yeah, Jimmy V, very powerful figure. Yeah, the, uh, in fact, uh, for those you know that should look into that, also uh, they established the V Foundation. Uh, for, for cancer research, so uh, yeah, look, look, look that one up, everyone. And if you and, can, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're like Sean O'Hara. He uh, played for the Browns and uh, then went on to the Giants. Um, he went to Rutgers, and then uh, you've got the middle linebacker for the Colts, um, Greg Brackett. I'm sorry, Gary uh, Brackett. Uh, I like that last name, Brackett. Very uh, NCAA. Uh, <laughs> Yes, um, yes, yes, he 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 uh, f- finds himself in the uh, tournament of '64 often. Yeah, right. yes. But then you know, move on to places like Princeton. You had Carl Chandler played for the Giants. Do you remember him at all, Nick, or no? Not off and the top of my head. And then the most famous, I think, alumni from Princeton, right? It was uh, Bill Bradley, who you and I were talking about earlier. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He he was uh, kind of famous, wasn't he? Just a bit, yeah. Bill Bradley. Let's see. He see played for Princeton. Uh, he he was also I think he was their only Rhodes Scholar. Uh, he was a oh uh, let's see, Mr. Bradley. He played on the New York Knicks, I believe, that won the championship versus the uh, Los Angeles Lakers in nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. And I believe also was part of that team uh, in seventy three that also uh, 
uh, won the NBA championship. And uh, he was our former senator. Yes. What is he doing nowadays, I wonder? I haven't heard anything. Uh, um, uh, I am present day. not sure. And I'm uh, sorry about the uh, sound there. I, uh, you know. I, he even ran our, uh, the 2000 presidential campaign. Um, he was opposing uh, Al Gore, actually. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That was another uh, little tidbit of information for you. Yeah, sounds like he's involved in a couple of nonprofits right now, but um, he was offered to be the chairman of the uh, United States Olympic Committee back in 2000. He turned it down. I mean, what what can't this guy do? He's, do- he's really done everything. As a superhero. Yeah, he, he's almost a superhero. But, but the important thing, you know, he, he was a three-time All-American, you know, so that, that, that was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> None of those other pieces. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure, so... <laughs> and if we move on to go ahead, Nick, we're going to say no, 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 no. Uh, uh, over to you. Oh, no, just like for Seton Hall, not as many luminary uh, sports figures out of there. Isaiah Whitehead, do you remember him? He was on the he was always on the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, Isaiah Whitehead. Yeah, he, what what wasn't really a player of note, but yes, I, I do remember him. I I've been a Nets fan for ages, including those ABA days. So, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you feel betrayed when they moved to Brooklyn? Tell the truth. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Bruce Ratner, the rat, you know, like who, who became a team owner and then moved the uh, Nets over to Brooklyn, basically as part of a real estate deal. I remember it, uh, everyone was like, you know, so hopeful that LeBron would make it over to the Brooklyn Nets, but that never transpired. No. Oh, he, he started his little triumvirate down in uh, Miami at the time. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's still hope, man. He's still like, you know, healthy and uh of age that he maybe could make his way over to Brooklyn or <laughs> and well, maybe New Jersey. Hopefully maybe New Jersey will be another professional basketball team. Oh yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll start one. You, you, me and Ming. <laughs> yeah, we'll, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll be good. That, that's a hell of an ownership group. Yes. <laughs> I'll be there. No, 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 we're the players. <laughs> oh, we're the players. Okay. I, I, well, God, God help us all. I don't even think we could take down the 12 year old pickup basketball game outside. Uh, no, uh, probably not. No. I'd be like their Spud Webb. Well, Spud Webb's even shorter than I am. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I think he'd still uh, kick our asses. <laughs> oh, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, the guy can dunk, and he's what, five, five, or maybe. Sh- no, five, five, seven. I believe Spud Webb. Oh, five, get five, out! Five, He's taller than I thought. Five, five I think was. Uh, well, let's see, five, three. I think was Muggsy Bogues. Five, five may have oh, been. Uh, wow. What was the dude on the Knicks that was in the uh, dunk uh, championships? Uh, do, do you remember that guy, Ming? That it, like it took fr- like I don't know how many tries to finish the dunk contest. Uh, no, I don't. Somebody chime in though, if you remember that one. And he was. Yeah. Nate, 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 something. Nate Robinson, was that the guy's name? And he uh, played for the Knicks. Yeah, he played for the Knicks. And um, yeah, he. Nate Robinson, you're right. Two thousand yeah, Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Five foot small. Also, oh no, yeah. Wow, so he's five four. I think it's. Oh, five four. Okay, so I gave him an extra inch. <laughs> I'm, I, I think that's correct. Um, yes. Today, that was- guess, guess that player's height. Guess the height. <laughs> Chime in, you know. Yes, today on what exit we will guess like the, the player, their name, where they came from, and how tall they were. But um, some of, some of the names of these sports figures that came out of Seton Hall, I just love it. Like you know, they're, they're like these cool uh, 
you know, adventure names like Indiana Jones, you know, like they had another one, Zach Granite, who played for the Twins. I mean, how cool of a name is that? Zach Granite. What was Zach he on? Granite. What? Was he on the Flintstones? Zach Granite? Zach, yeah. <laughs> he was Barney's uh, cousin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Slate, Mr. Slate, my cousin's here. <laughs> here, meet yeah. Zach Granite. Yeah, he was, a, he was an outfielder for the uh, Yankees. Um, looks like like back in, um, boy, what what was it? Uh, well, no, it, it, I'm sorry, 2017 that he played for uh, Minnesota. Minnesota outfielder. Yeah, for the Twins, sorry. Um, but uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, the other one, uh, Jason Grilly. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. For the no, Rangers. you're right, Jason Grilly, yeah. Grilly, yep. yeah. Was he a decent player, Ming? Or oh, yeah, yeah, he's a, a, a pitch a pitcher, um, a reliever. Pretty, yeah, very good. Okay, yeah, very good, yeah. very good player. Um, yeah, yeah, he's still around. Uh, I mean, he's not playing anymore, but he's a uh, uh, playing. In, I, I want to say the Cardinals. Uh, I believe playing in a couple World Series. You, I have to look this up. Right, uh, Ming. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a very very notable player for sure. What, what, what if we talk about some of these colleges and uh, some of the other odd things, you know, some of the other places in New Jersey history and sports history that uh, these colleges hold, such as Rutgers and Princeton. Um, do, do you know the distinction that Rutgers and Princeton uh, hold, uh, Ming, as far as uh, together what they did? Uh, well, I was going to say great point average. Maybe they raised the bar on that, but uh, I think my, my <laughs> Princeton maybe. Um, no, I don't. What uh, What is the connection between the two sports-wise? Well, in 1869, November 6th, they played the first U.S. intercollegiate football game. It was Rutgers, Rutgers College, now, of course, Rutgers University, mm-hmm. versus... The College of New Jersey, also known as Princeton College, also known as Princeton University. College of New Jersey, yeah, uh, it's a new one, isn't there? Wow. So, uh, so at the time, uh, they're like, "Hey, we're playing this new sport. Uh, let's play. Let's play against each other." Do you have mm-hmm. any fa- like where um, was the was Princeton the road team, the home team, the visiting team? Uh, where did they play? Do you have any facts on that? Yes, I do. All well, right. They actually played a series of two games. The first uh, game on November 6, 1869, was played at Rutgers campus. And the second one was played at Princeton's campus. That was played a week later on uh, November 13th. Um, Now, there were some differences in how the game was played back then. (laughs) I'm... I'm going to say uh, I don't even know if the forward pass was invented then, but uh, please, no. please do tell her. Yeah, not, not only was the forward pass not invented, um, the whole uh, aspect of the football itself, you know, the, the ball was actually spherical, like perfectly you know, round. And um, let's see, you didn't carry it. <laughs> it was football. It, it was actually more reminiscent of soccer <laughs> than of what we know the game of football to be. Oh. Um, also, let's see differences uh, in uh, in play. Instead of uh, that whole eleven on eleven lineup type of uh, thing that we're used to, um, it was twenty five on twenty five. 
Wow, so fifty players on the field. Yeah, yeah, that that that's um, that that's a, that's a bit crowded, I would think. That I mean, that's that sounds like a really fun party. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It would be great now too. You know. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Well, with a bunch of guys kicking around a a football. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for any kids listening out there to what, what exit, um, you know, sometimes you don't get it right the first try. Sometimes you refine it down to what a really great final product is. So uh, don't get right. encouraged, kids. Yeah. And in fact, so, actually, what, what? well, I'm sorry, Pete, what's that? No, it was 25 on 25, you said, right? Yes. 25. So, so what was like instead of the you know the Super Bowl like the Mayhem Bowl? I mean, what that, that's <laughs> well, kinda. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Um, I mean, and 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 not only was it okay, twenty five on twenty five. You didn't carry the ball. There was there, there wasn't the the forward pass. It was more reminiscent of soccer. And um, when they played at Rutgers, and then they played at Princeton, um, it was kind of home rules. So when they played at Rutgers, you know, there, there were some morals that more favored the Rutgers team, which was a uh, smaller, faster team. And mm-hmm. when they played at Princeton, th- there were uh, some rules that more favored the Princeton team. They were a larger group of uh, players. So, you know, when, when, when they ran into you, in fact, uh, I think uh, they did the uh, they this game also fi- um, figured in the wedge. And uh, yeah, can you imagine a bunch of big guys coming at you, 25 of them, you know, like in, in a big wedge? <laughs> and Nick, this was back in 1869. This is 1869. Wow. Yeah. No, November 6th, 1869. Now, let's let, let's see who's a, a, a betting person. Who wants to guess who was the first team to win and who scored the first goal? Wow. Um, I'm going to guess Princeton won that first game. Uh, I'm going to guess that they scored the first. Uh, I guess they didn't really cut a touchdown back then, but uh, a goal. I guess if they called it a goal, I guess, I'll guess Princeton right. scored the first goal as well. Okay. And Pete, what, what, what's well, your take on this? Just to oppose Ming, I'm going to say Rutgers, and but Princeton scored the first goal. How's that? Okay. Well, I will tell you that one of you is right on who won. Okay. And you're both wrong on who <laughs> scored the first goal. Oh, man. Rutgers. Ah. Yes. R- Rutgers actually scored the first goal. They they used that quickness to actually score that first goal. And they actually won the first game 6-4. Wow. Huh. So perhaps this is where the uh, – the, the, the old Chicago song uh, comes, you know, they had 25 guys. So 25 or six to four. I don't know. That's yeah. And, and per, what, perhaps. Were football, what were the football rules back then? Do you know? Like, I mean, the, the full rules. I do not know all the full rules, but you, you kicked at a goal. That, that, sure was, the was, no <laughs> that was the primary right. and why it's similar to soccer, where you were actually kicking at a goal. Right. And um, but, you know, you had 25 guys in the way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, 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 the rest of the rules themselves, I do not know. The, you know, like they, they didn't uh, lay out the, the, the full uh, rule sets of each right. game. They did tilt the game, uh, the rules of the game to the home team. So 
Second game a week later, care to make a wager on who won that one? Oh, when they played later. Uh, I'm well. I'm going to say that Rutgers repeated then and and won that game. Okay, and Pete. Um, I'll, I'll go with Ming on this one, Rutgers. And you are both wrong. Oh. The, the home team won each game. I should have known. They made their own rules, so yes. There we go. <laughs> they made their own rules. So the Rutgers won on uh, November 6th you know, with a uh, score of 6-4. to four. The second game was actually won 8 to nothing by Princeton this, on the uh, one week later. <laughs> so, Do you find I'm sorry. What was the score of that game? Do you know? The, the second game was 8 nothing. 8 uh, nothing. All right. So, really not that far off from uh, the Patriots uh, Rams game, 13 3. You know? <laughs> yeah, not that far at all. So, no. Not, no. Not so, I, I don't know if that's an embarrassment for Brady at all. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll take it. Despite the win. Yeah, they won. Yeah, I, I think we can ask uh, Walt on that one. I, I, I think uh, Brady was happy with that, right, uh, May? Uh, I believe so, yes. A win is a win, ladies and gentlemen. A win is a win. Is Walt a Pats fan? He's a Tom Brady fan. Oh, yeah, he's okay. a Tom Brady fan. Yeah. So, in other words, he's the, <laughs> he, uh, wait, uh, yeah, he's, why am I drawing a blank now? Brady's uh, going down the south. Uh, um, Tampa. Tampa Bay, right? Yep, Tampa Bay. There we go. He's a All Buccaneer right. now. Yes. So, yeah, I was going to say, now Walt is a Buccaneer. Yeah, he's a Buccaneer. <laughs> right. Now and uh, yeah, Nick. Oh no no no! What, what, what were you gonna say, uh, Pete? No, I nothing. I want I wanted you to continue. I'm, I'm really fascinated by the history here. Okay, well, now as we said, first game was won by Rutgers. Second game was won by Princeton. Third game didn't happen. There was actually supposed to be a third game played, but the officials thought too much emphasis on. Uh, yeah, this football contest thing, not enough on academics. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't see that as a uh, <laughs> as a problem nowadays. Do, do you guys? <laughs> no, not at all. No, there's there's definitely room enough for both, and uh, I I would say that sports probably overshadows academics at this point. Correct. For most colleges, um, but I I like how he tried though. He tries like whoa 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 enough time for fun and games go go do your homework. It's not <laughs> like not unlike every kid in America, but yes. Now, mm-hmm. now the the other th- reason that they didn't have that third game, well, Rutgers won one at home, uh, Princeton won one at home. Where do you play the third game? They again the the home team uh, they they decide the rules, so they couldn't decide on where to play because whoever got the home uh, field advantage got the home field advantage of making the rules. Okay. I mean, they could have chosen a perfectly good neutral location, Edison, New Jersey. Exactly. Red Bank. Um, sure. Woodbridge. I don't know. Somewhere in between. I, uh, it yeah, could there's been, many places to play, but yeah, they, they just couldn't agree. Wow. So, so now, going into the whole idea of college football – you know how for many years, until recently, the, the, the bowl championship series, where there's an actual champion decided, you know, ba- based on, you know, uh, on the games in there. Um, for a good number of years, there, there wasn't really a, an easy way to, to decide the champion. So 
for that first season, who's the champion? Um, I don't know. Do you base it on GPA at that point? Because they, I guess they thought it was very, <laughs> you know, that is very important. Or um, or did they flip a coin? I'm not sure. Or did they flip a piece of pork roll? I'm not. I'm not who knows? <laughs> or or which part of the state they were in? That they're extracurricular activities, like if they were doing karate after, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the the number, yeah. Well, b- b- because of you know, as I said, you know, for many years that it's been hard to decide. There's been a few different takes on who the original champion should be. Um, in 1960s, they uh, created a thing called the Billingsley Report. And based on the Billingsley Report, which takes a whole mathematical rating system, um, they decided that Princeton was the champion. <laughs> the, the National Championship Foundation also declared Princeton the champion. But college football historian Park H. Davis decided that, well, hey, they each won one game, so... They're co-champions. How how do you actually <laughs> split that at the time, especially since the, the rules were different? So it, there's a a forever debate of who was the first college football champion. Wow. So everybody wins in, in his estimation, uh, much like exactly. in 2020. Um, everybody wins, I guess. Exactly. Everyone goes home with a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But – um. Now, b- based on this, you know, the, the, the first game, in uh, 1968, a, uh, a painting was commissioned by Arnold Freeberg. Uh, I'm sorry, by Chevrolet. They c- commissioned Arnold Freeberg to make this painting called The First Game. It was one of uh, four works that um, he created to celebrate the first 100 years of college football. So... Um, there, there is a famous painting called "The First Game" that you can look up uh, by Arnold Freeberg and commissioned by Chevrolet. Now, in the painting, now, the, I'm sorry, what was that? Well, where is the painting hanging so I can, uh, you know, go view it? It's the, it's not in like Phil Murphy's bathroom, is it? No. <laughs> where is it? No, and he's not letting you in because yeah. you stay at home. Um, now I don't know where the actual uh, paintings are currently being hung. The, these mm. uh, four paintings that were um, commissioned. Okay. But, yeah. um, th- there's something you'll notice in the painting and uh, th- there, there's something about what Rutgers did for those games. Back in those days, the, the players, you know, they played sort of in this like you know, white shirt and 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 just kind of like dark pants, and um, they wanted to understand who who was on whose team. So R- Rutgers came up with an idea. They wore these um, these colored uh, turbans and handkerchiefs to kind of distinguish themselves from the College of New Jersey or Princeton. Oh. You, you, you want to guess the color of the? Uh, Th- those handkerchiefs. Uh, why are you put the I put the painting up on? The, yeah, wow. But uh, I mean, like, I would have guessed red. Any regardless. Well, yeah, okay, red. red. What what shade of red? 
Uh, it looks blood red to me. Crimson. Well, okay, okay. You, you guys are getting closer. Hold How on, about I got it. Scarlet. Yes, sir. That would make sense. Scarlet. I did not look that up, by the way. Just for the record. Okay. From that, Rutgers, their team name became the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yes. And 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 hence the the knights were born. But um, that's a hell of an origin story, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can't 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 wait for uh, more, uh for uh, Disney to uh, pick up the rights to that one. Um, <laughs> they're going to uh, digitally edit it, you know, to be um I don't know another color or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, j just so you know, they eventually did play a game with rules similar to what we know now where like you pick up the ball and carry it. And then, you know, th there's forward passing uh, and you know, like the, you, know, you keep going until someone physically tackles you, brings you down. But that wasn't played until 1875. And the two teams that played were Tufts university and Harvard. <laughs> okay. Wow, so they wanted smart kids to play first, and then they're like, "Well, the, the I guess they later on they're like, well, the dumb kids can play too." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then and then football was born, and and then the football that we know is born. Yes. <laughs> well, let, 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 let's shift from uh, college football a moment. Let, let hmm. let's shift to college basketball. Now. Princeton, we, we were talking about them, and we talked about one of their you know star players, uh, Mr. Bill Bradley. Again, three-time All-American. He's the only one of the Princeton uh, men's basketball team to ever be a three-time All-American, and he was a Rhodes Scholar. But um, they're also known for something, something that irritates the hell out of other teams. Do, do, do either of you know what that is? It's got a, is it a mascot? Nope. Well, that, well, well Princeton, Princeton is the Princeton Tigers. So uh, you, want, you want to take a chance on uh, how they became the Princeton Tigers there, Pete? Did it have anything to do with Carol Baskin? Yes, there we go. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, for all those that haven't watched Tiger King, please watch the next <laughs> entry. Um, no, I, I don't know actually how it prints it. I think they just chose show a mascot and yeah, sure, Tiger. That sounds good. But right. uh, but they are known for something particular. S something for years that they've perfected. And it's known as the Princeton offense. And it's been used uh, for many years. Like, in fact, it was like uh, really perfected under their former uh, head coach Pete Carrill, who uh, coached from '67 to uh, 1996. Now, Pete Carrill also he was a um, NBA uh, what's it, assistant head coach for Sacramento, and also he was a, an assistant head coach for. The New Jersey Nets under Byron Scott. Oh. So, if you remember that that season when we went to the uh, finals with Jason Kidd and you know yeah. Keith Van Horn, um, Kmart and Richard <laughs> Jefferson, all, all those great players, 
there was a method to the madness of what they were doing offensively. And that was, they were they were incorporating the Princeton offense. Huh. Wow. And can you give a rundown on the Princeton offense? I will do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Princeton offense, um, it has a, a, a strange byproduct. Now, when you think offense, you think scoring. And, and you think usually lots of scoring. Usually the definition of offense, yes. That, that is. But, <laughs> but the way this offense runs actually resulted in Princeton leading the nation in scoring defense 20 times <laughs> since 1976, including every year from 89 to 2000. <laughs> so that there, there, there's a strange thing that their offense <laughs> begat defense. So, so now, is it still used today? Look at any components of it of the Princeton offense or no? Yes. Because it was so effective? Yes. The, the Princeton offense the strategy of the Princeton offense, it, it actually, it emphasizes constant motion and, and like backdoor cuts, picks, and off the ball of uh, movement and very disciplined teamwork. Right. The, 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 the roots, uh, they say they can trace the roots back to uh, the coach, uh, Franklin Cappy Cappen, who uh, coached back in the 1930s. And then um, after him, um, they they actually can trace some of that offensive route to Bernard Red uh, uh, Sabacek. I think that is the way you pronounce his name, who also coached uh, Yeshiva University from thirty eight to seventy seven. So they took elements from Yeshiva University and incorporated it into Princeton. Now I don't know if you know this, but um, the Knicks. Uh, do you know what offense that they've used for? Like I I think it's got to be. This is this is after um, you know Starks um, had left and um, and and Ewing. Oh, like after that, they used the um, well, the uh, what, what, what's his name? The Jason Do- uh, uh, the James Dolan offense, I believe. The it's well, you're close. It's the it's the 2011-2012 Charlotte Bobcats offense is what they were you know utilizing. And, and, and like, what offense is that? Well, that's where you go seven and fifty nine for the season, you know. <laughs> Wow. Is that what it, is that what they call it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. other other strange things about the Princeton offense. Okay, in this offense, you're 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 trying to exploit mismatches. Now, because of the way the offense is run, there's actually no point guard. No shooting guard, no small forward, or no power forward or center. No, no they, center? That it's just five players. Okay. They, there, there's no true position player when you're playing the Princeton offense. Now, as I said, you know, it's been incorporated by other teams, such as you know, some of the NBA teams that I mentioned. And you know, other teams have tried using it, but in the true Princeton offense, they're actually is no position. You just try to exploit all the mismatches and back and use backdoor cuts um, and and picks to get around the other players and score layups. It, it, it usually like what happens is everyone lines up outside the three point arc. One player stands at the top of the key. 
and you keep passing until you find that mismatch, <laughs> and then you pass the ball to the cutting player. <laughs> it sounds simple, and if you watch them, it it's it's amazing to to, to behold because a lot of teams have underestimated Princeton and that the Princeton offense. In in fact, let, let, let's go through since the um, the tournament of '64 when they started doing uh, you know the, the the seedings. Um, the team that most uh, high ranked seeds did not want to face is Princeton, such as in 1983. Um, want to guess what round they got to and what seed they were? Hmm. Ming, want to take a stab? Oh, yeah. I guess that they made it to the Sweet 16. And, oh, why? Seeding. Uh, I'll, I'll guess that they were seeded ninth. Nope. I'm going to definitely say top 10 seed, right? Nope. No? They were a number 12 seed. Oh, damn it. Just missed they, it. Right. they did make the second round. There was actually also a preliminary round to get into the tournament of 64. They won that game. They won the first round. They they beat Oklahoma State 56 to 53 and lost to uh, Boston College in the second round. Um, in 1989, that was a strange uh, NCAA tournament. Um, they played Georgetown. Georgetown okay. back then uh, Were they had, had some pretty good time? players. I'm sorry? Were they a number two seed at that time, Georgetown? No, they were a number right. one. Oh, okay. And Princeton scared the living daylights out of them. They, Princeton did not win the game, but the final score was Georgetown 50, Princeton 49. Mm. Wow. Close That's a, <laughs> pretty, yeah. If they if they won, that would have almost been deemed an upset. I would say. Yeah, they they, they also in 1990 they were a 13 seed and only lost by four points to to Arkansas. Ah. And um, in 1996, they were a 13 seed again. Hit the second round. They beat UCLA in the first round, 43 to 41. Ah. And then lost to Mississippi State in the second. So, if you if you're ever, to, you know, like if we, if we ever get to do the uh, tournament of '64 again, <laughs> um, if Princeton is one of the seeds, now the thing about Princeton is they play in the Ivy League. Can you name me a lot of uh, powerhouse Ivy League basketball teams? Either of you? Um, uh, give me a second. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, you don't see Harvard making the Sweet 16 very often. No. Uh, nope. Brown, no. Or Yale or Brown. Dartmouth, no. No. I, I can't, off the top of my head, name another Ivy League powerhouse. So, yeah, no. so the thing is, the chances that Princeton will be in the tournament of 64 are usually pretty good. So they've, again, tormented teams for ages because of this Princeton offense. In, in fact, in 1998, they pulled off another one. They 
Uh, well, actually, no, actually, 98, they were a five seed. They, they were actually supposed to win, and they beat UNLV first round. Um, but um, in 2011, they were a 13 seed again, and they knocked off Kentucky, one of the, one of the basketball powerhouses, 59 to 57. It's a shocking upset. Yeah, so you know, throughout the years, you know, they've they either make it to the second round or they give you a heart attack in the first round, such as 2017 Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Princeton was a 12 seed. Notre Dame won 60 to 58. Uh, California played the 12 seed Princeton in 97 and, and only uh, beat them 55 to 52. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if you're looking for upsets and you're filling out your bracket, when you see Princeton, it's a good chance to you know to to take them. Yeah, especially in the first round, it sounds like so. Yeah, the the goal with the Princeton offense it seems like to, to maintain a low scoring game. If you're going up against superior yes. athletes, right? I mean, correct. And 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 if you think of that whole philosophy, do, do you remember? Uh, speaking of Jersey teams, but again, uh, yeah, with, with, with the New York logo, um, the, the Giants back uh, in 1990, the 91 uh, Super Bowl, when we played the Buffalo Bills with the no huddle offense. <laughs> do, do, do you remember who won that game? Uh, if, if, if you know, like, if you you uh, think back to that Super Bowl, was it the Giants or was it Buffalo? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm you know not a wild guess at all. It's very educated, but the New York Giants did in fact win that game. Yes, they did win that game. Close. And, and the reason that they won that game is they slowed down the game. They played it slow, just like the Princeton offense does. They didn't go. With, they didn't go to the air a lot then, essentially, right? Or. Right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Giants, they, they grounded out most of the uh, game on the ground, mm-hmm. but yeah, th- there were key passing plays. But, yeah, they slowed down the game. But that whole philosophy really comes from a lot. Princeton and their <laughs> philosophy that they've used for decades. Huh. And w- with that philosophy, they've actually won six it's Eastern Intercollegiate Basketball League Championships. 27 Ivy League championships. And before the NCAA tournament became the big tournament, the big tournament used to be the NIT, the National Invitation Tournament. And in 1975, it was won by Princeton. So never underestimate the Princeton Tigers. No, not at all. In any yeah. in any sport, it sounds like. So, yeah. That, well, now let's move over to one of the other, uh, you know, the other. Uh, actually, we'll stay in college basketball, and mm. we're going to go over to the hall, Seton Hall. And do you know the reason that I didn't go over to uh, Seton Hall football? Um, I don't think you hear much about Seton Hall football, do you? Have they done anything of note? Uh, no, no, they, 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 they haven't. Uh, Pete, do, do you know why they haven't done anything of note? <laughs> because they suck. I don't know. <laughs> no, of course they don't exist. They don't. Oh, they don't I, was I was like, do they even have a team? But I, nope, you know, they, they do not play football. <laughs> they, they, they have like a flag football team that plays, you know, on. <laughs> exactly. 
Right. They're, well, they're two hand touch league. They're awesome in that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, nope, <laughs> no football team. So two hand touch. So what? We'll we're concentrate. We're going to concentrate on the men's basketball team. the The first season of the uh, Seton Hall men's basketball team was 1903 to 1904. The second season was 1908-1909. Why there was seven years, uh, several years in between, I'm not sure. I was trying to look that up, and but I I couldn't find w- why. But the good thing is when they started playing again, that was their first winning season. They they uh they adopted the whole pirate mascot in uh, 31, mm. and uh, and uh, any, any uh good things about uh the Seton Hall Pirates there, uh, Pete? Uh, if we're gonna go, I mean, it'd be their radio station, right? Pirate Radio. W S O U Pirate Radio. Thirty-nine point five. Yes, in in fact, uh, P- P- Pete's brother was on that <laughs> that uh that station too. Yeah, are they still awake? I mean, he didn't go to Seton Hall, but yeah, yeah. They, they were on, right, as guests or something? or That's Which, what I remember. His band was on as a guest, no? Yeah, yeah, the, the band was on as a guest, and they used to uh, get airplay on uh, WSOU. Yes, that's right. I remember now. Are they still a metal station? I know I'm getting outside of the sports talk here. But... No, no, I, I, I don't know if they still are or not. Do, do, yeah. do you know, uh, Ming, have, have you listened to WSOU? <laughs> Uh, no, I have not. Um, uh, ever since podcasting, I don't think I've turned on a radio in many oh. times. So. Same with me. T- terrestrial radio? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. Do DJs even exist anymore? I mean, you know. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, they're out there, but. Um, so what else about Seton Hall there, uh, Nick? Yeah, so Seton Hall, they actually. Um, in 1939 to 1940 season, they went 19-0, and 0, part of a 41-game unbeaten streak. <laughs> How many? 49, 49 you said? For, 41. 41. Holy 41 God. games wow. unbeaten. Um, that, that's, a, that's a pretty uh, pr- pretty nasty uh, streak there. Um, in 1941, they uh, actually they opened the gymnasium, Walsh, Walsh Gymnasium, and... Um, they, they they were famously led at that time by the Wonder Five, which sounds like a uh, a good comic book, the the, the Wonder Five. But um, the the leader of the Wonder Five was Bob Davies, who also played in the NBA, and he was called the Harrisburg Houdini. And in this year, they earned their first NIT uh, bid, the National Invitation Tournament bid, but they did not win. But they did win in 1953, and they beat. The St. John's University. Do, do, do you know the mascot? Either one of you? Uh, no, I'm just sad because my dad went to St. John's. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. What, well, no, what was it? At, at the time, they were the St. John's Redmen. Now they are the oh. Red Storm. Okay. In 1961, uh, a little problem happened, though. There was a point-shaving scandal. <laughs> oh, boy. And they were n- the not the only university caught up in this. Uh, th- th- this scandal actually involved 37 arrests of students from 22 different colleges. Ah. Wow, this is a major scandal, a takedown. Yeah, it was huge. 
and it, it, this whole scandal, this point shaving, it was uh, arranged by uh, Jack Molinas. Um, he was already known as, you know, like for a point shaving scandal um, back in 1951. He was implicated, as were uh, uh, bookmaker Joe Hacken and Genovese crime family enforcer Vinny the Chin Gigante <laughs> was also part of this whole point shaving scandal. I should have known the mob was involved. Of course. Yeah. You think? New Jersey, the mob, what are you talking about? No connection. <laughs> but you, you had players from North Carolina. You had players from St. John's. You had players from University of Dayton, NYU, North Carolina State, and UConn. All part of this point shaping scandal. But and what was the outcome of that? Uh, again, 37 arrests. Right. And, oh, I'm and, sorry. And, and a lot of, as far as in the uh, in the college basketball world, there the, there was a lot of uh, uh, how do you want to go? You know, like between fines and um, disciplinary actions at yeah. the time. But th thankfully, after that whole thing, they uh, returned to the NIT back in 1974 and became a part of the Big East in '79. But the big uh, point for uh, Seton Hall University in uh, 82, they hired a coach called PJ Carlissimo. Oh, yeah. And, and the team started playing instead of uh, back at um, at the, uh, what, what did I say, Walsh uh, Gymnasium. They started playing at the Meadowlands. And uh, do, do you remember the name of the arena at that time? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm drawing a blank. How about you, uh, Ming? I have, no the, uh, arena? I have no clue. Okay. The arena was called the Brendan Byrne Arena. Oh, oh right. I, okay. it was like, I thought it was something like before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Are, are there some wacky uh, name from the 60s or something? Yeah. What, like no, it was a trick question. Yeah, Brendan Byrne Arena became the Continental Airlines Arena, yeah. became the IZOD Center. So and now it's empty. <laughs> but in '88, uh, Carlissimo led uh, the Seton Hall Pirates to their first NCAA tournament. And then in 1989, they made an unexpected run to the NCAA championship game. Ming, do you know who they played in the, in the NCAA championship game in 1989? Uh, the Seton Hall. Yep. Um, I want to guess Georgetown, but nope. uh, I don't believe I'm right on that. I should know this though. You really? Well, should oh, no, they played Michigan. They played Michigan. Duh! I, there so we go. I, I blocked that out of my head, my friend. <laughs> I'm out. You think I? You think I want to remember that? No, absolutely not. You just undid 15 years of therapy for him. Yeah, what are you doing? You really did. Yeah, thanks. Well, for well, back well actually, Ming, Ming, I don't, I don't know why you're upset. Uh, of remembering this because they played the final game, which went into overtime and the final game was won 80 to 79. Oh, by Michigan. <laughs> that, that is when, uh, if you remember Ming, you had Glenn Rice. Yes. At, 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 who actually set an NCAA tournament record scoring 184 points in six games. 
um, yeah, we, we we had to we had to contend with him. You know, like Seton Hall had to contend with uh, Glenn Rice at the time. But, but both teams, both Seton Hall and Michigan, were actually number three seeds. Although Seton Hall, they were a three seed, but they were not considered a powerhouse by the rest of the league. But with, with the help of uh, uh, sharpshooter Andrew Gaze from Australia, uh, Ramon Ramos from Puerto Rico, and a couple other guys, Daryl Walker, John Morton, Gerald Green, they actually made it to the final game and were seconds away in overtime of winning the final game of the NCAA championship. Ming, do you know what happened? Uh, do tell. What did happen? Ramil Robinson, point guard of Michigan, was dribbling the ball up with three seconds to go and was fouled. Yes. And to this day, <laughs> it, it's one of those controversial, was that a foul? Right. There was definitely a bump. There was definitely a bump. So whether it was. It could have gone either way. Exactly. Could have gone either way. But the thing is, if Ramil didn't take the shot and, you know, like if he didn't get fouled and he, he didn't take the shot himself, he had a couple of options such as Glenn Rice and Lloyd Vaught, both NBA players uh, that, you know, like could, could have actually hit that last shot. But uh, yeah, now Ramil Robinson at the time was also not known as a very good free throw shooter. So if there was anyone on Michigan that Seton Hall wanted on that line, it was Ramil. And this was at the time when uh, do you remember do you guys remember in in college basketball when early on when you fouled, it wasn't an automatic two shots. It was the one in one. That's right. Hmm. They were hoping you had to make that first one if you wanted to go on. Exactly. They were hoping, number one, he would miss the first one and, well, he wouldn't get a chance at a second. So Ramil hit the first and they took a timeout, came back, Ramil hit the second. And that was all she wrote for uh, Seton Hall on uh, the 1989 championship game. And unfortunately, a couple of uh, sad things uh, from uh, from that game, though. You know, be, be, besides, also, I was cheering for Seton Hall at the time. But um, Ramon Ramos, uh, the player from Puerto Rico, center for Seton Hall, he was signed by the Trailblazers after that season. But unfortunately, in uh, in uh, Oregon. On the highway, he was in a car crash, and uh, he was never able to uh, play again. Uh, so, but the NBA players did. They they had a um, what's what's the word uh, I'm looking for? They they put together a foundation for uh, Ramon Ramos. Okay, yeah, to 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 help him, and uh, but yeah, so so there was a little, unfortunately, uh. Bad things that uh, came out of that, but Seton Hall still fondly remembers that game. But 
still wishes they had that call back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or non-call. But, uh, yeah, head on YouTube. You can watch it over and over and overanalyze it. Oh, yeah. If you want to. And I'd read that there was a last-minute shot, right, by Seton yes. Hall, Daryl Walker. Daryl Walker. Daryl Walker. Flashed, right? Even though John Morton and, um, you know, you had Morton, you had Ramos, you had Andrew Gaze, who only got off five shots for the game because Michigan, like, played him tight. But Walker didn't know what to do, and he just flung up the last shot. So, yeah, that didn't go well. Yeah. That game was in uh, Seattle? Yes. Yeah. That is correct. So, a, a little uh, New Jersey uh, co um, college sports history for, for all of us. Uh, it, it's time to play our game. It's time to play oh. Jersey, not Jersey. All right. Uh, my favorite my favorite moment of what exit Jersey stories. Uh, I'm I'm dying to see what you have come what you've come up with this week. Okay. <laughs> so so let, let let's start with um let, let let's start with a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame pitcher. He he played in the Negro Leagues. He was the first pitcher to win Rookie of the Year, MVP, and Cy Young. He was the first Cy Young Award recipient. Wow. Don Newcomb. Don Newcomb. Jersey or not Jersey? <sighs> Don Newcomb. Duke Newcomb. Yes. Wow. I mean, I have no basis on any of this, but um, I'm going to say not Jersey. I'm. He sounds like a New York guy to me. I'm going to say and, Jersey. And Pete? You are correct. Oh. Look, I pulled that out of the air, man. He was born in Madison and raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Wow, all right. Oh. And, 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 and in the Negro Leagues, he played for the Newark Eagles. And, in fact, he wound up playing with another future Hall of Famer that we'll discuss possibly in our next uh, pod, Larry Doby. Wow. Did the New York Eagles morph into something else? Or what were they like a triple A team or like what? The the, the New York Eagles? They, yeah. they were they were a Negro League team. Okay. It's all predate uh predates, you're saying uh predates farm what, team. I'm sorry? No, <laughs> keep keep going. Never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, okay, so let's 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 go with uh, another uh, Hall of Famer. Let's let's stay with baseball for a, a minute. Okay, we're gonna go with Goose Goslin, oh. fielder for the Washington Senators, Browns, and Detroit Tigers. Jersey uh, or not Jersey? Goose Goslin, not Goose Gossage, uh, Hall of Fame relief pitcher. Goose Goslin also sounds to me like a New York guy, so I'm gonna say not Jersey. And Salem, New Jersey. Wow, really? I was also. I would also have said no. And Not being that you mentioned him, Goose Gossage. Uh, I don't know really the of the New York Yankees. I don't think he is from New Jersey. I'm going to say and New Jersey. You are correct, Ming. He All is right. from Colorado Springs, Colorado. <laughs> yes, yeah, he he was the one that famously called George Steinbrenner the fat man upstairs, <laughs> and that, that uh, got him uh, kind of shipped off the Yankees. But anyway. Let's go uh, with uh, a famous duo here in the NFL. The first duo is Lawrence Taylor. Jersey, not Jersey. 
Oh, jeez. I'll say LT is from New Jersey. What if there's a trick question? I see no, not from New Jersey. And Ming, you are incorrect. Uh, he is from, he is from Williamsburg, Virginia. Now, very somebody, nice guy, by the way. Somebody that was very familiar with Lawrence Taylor, Joe Theismann. Ah. Jersey, not Jersey. Joe Theismann. Wow, I, I'm when man, I'm getting all these wrong. I'm gonna say not from Jersey. I, just, I never heard of him being from New Jersey. I, and I think he's from New Jersey, Nick. You are correct. He's oh, from, I'm getting all these from wrong. South River, New Jersey. South River is the town where I met my wife. Wow, where, yeah, you, where is that? What county is South River in? Burden? South River, no, uh, South River no. is in I believe Middlesex County. Okay, it's 120 off the Parkway. What a did Joe Theismann bring you two together? I'm sorry? Yeah, yes, Joe, Joe Theismann. <laughs> yes, our, our, our love of Lawrence Taylor tackling Joe Theismann brought us together, which, again, to this day is still one of the scariest moments in sports. Oh, that injury, yeah, watch the leg. Oh, watch that, the leg. that was horrible. Okay, Pete, you're, you're, you're a Steelers fan, aren't you? I am. I'm going to give you two members of the, uh, the, the 70 Steelers. Okay. Mean Joe Green. I knew you were going with that one, by the way. You just saw the Coca-Cola ad, right? <laughs> Go on. Hey, hey, Mean Joe, need any help? Is Mean right. Joe Jersey or not Jersey? Hmm. Boy, this one's a tough one. I'm going to – I bet you the answer is he is from Jersey. I'm going to say not from Jersey then to uh, just to oppose you. Yes. And the winner on this one is – Ming Yay. from Temple. You got one, man. All right. Well, you got more than one. Where is he from? Temple, Texas. Temple, Texas. Oh, yeah. All right. His teammate, running back Franco Harris, was he from New Jersey? Great player. I say no. I'll I'll say yes then. And Ming, two in a row for you. Uh, dang it! I'm only winning because I'm going. I'm just doing the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Franco Harris was born at Fort Dix oh. and grew up in Mount Holly Township, New Jersey. Um, wasn't he? Okay. Uh, the Army base was out there in Fort Dix. That is correct. Yep. Franco Harris is an Army brat. Oh. Yes, sir. Embarrassing. Yeah. I'm a Steelers fan. I didn't know that. Let's play Wheel of Giants coaches. Nice. I'm going to give you four Giants coaches. And you're going to tell me, are they Jersey or not Jersey? First one, Bill Belichick. Ooh. Okay. I will say not New Jersey. I say also not New Jersey. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. He is from Nashville, Tennessee. The last uh, Giants coach to win uh, the Super Bowl, Tom Coughlin. Jersey, not Jersey. I'd say Jersey. I'll agree with that, too. I think he's from New Jersey. Close, but no cigar. He is from uh, Waterloo, New York. Oh, not Waterloo, New Jersey. Right there. And, and not Waterloo, the Abba song, either. Waterloo's in Belgium. Did you know that? Yes. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah, we're we're going to start a Belgian pod just for you, Pete. Yeah, thank you. Drink <laughs> uh, Belgium here. Yeah. Bill Parcells. 
former Giants coach, former yeah. coach, former Jets coach, former Dallas coach. Uh, I'll say Bill is from New Jersey. I think mm, I'm going to say no. Ming is correct. Bill Parcells was born in Englewood, New Jersey. Oh. Moved to Hasbro Heights. Then Ordell was part of the Riverdell um, High School uh, uh, what's the, uh, sports system. And uh, yeah, yeah, he, he he's uh, ne- right next door to us. <laughs> wow. or- Ordell is uh, two towns over from Hackensack. Mm. And finally, Vince Lombardi. Hey, somebody name a trophy after him or something? Or- they did. Uh, Vince Lombardi is buried in New Jersey, not five miles from where I sit now. But is he from New Jersey? There we go. I well, there's got to be a reason. I'll say yes. I'll say it. I, I, yes, he is from New Jersey. I say yes also. And you are both wrong. Oh. Vince Lombardi actually grew up in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, New York. But Vince Lombardi first came to prominence when he coached St. Cecilia's High School in Englewood, New Jersey. Oh which became the top football team in the nation for five years. Well, no wonder why. And and the crazy thing is my uncle, my uncle Joe played for St. Cecilia's high school, but just missed playing for. Imagine the story you would have had. And there is a, there is a famous um, Bergen record. The, the, the local newspaper headline Lombardi to coach Hackensack, which became false. He w- he was going to take the head coaching job at Hackensack High School and then decided not to. But there was an actual newspaper printed that actually said <laughs> Lombardi to Hackensack. So it was like a Dewey defeats Truman situation. Exactly. <laughs> yes. What a great uh, comparison. <laughs> let, let's, let's jump over really quick. Let's jump over to football, but not football as we know it. How about soccer? The football, sure. the rest of the world. Okay. Pele. Let, let's. <laughs> <laughs> not in Jersey. Not in Jersey. <laughs> it was a little Cosmos joke for all you old school people. Exactly. Yeah. Clap, 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 clap. Well, Cosmos, yes. Yes. Yes, I, I remember actually going to uh, Giant Stadium to go see the Cosmos play. Me too. Went to a few games, actually. But um, there were two players on the U.S. national team in 1994 that played in the World Cup. Alexi Lawless, defender. And a cool head of hair and, and, and beard. Was he Jersey or not Jersey? I don't believe he was from New Jersey. I want to say no. Which way I'm you yes, Nick. And Ming is correct. Ah. Alexi Lawless, Birmingham, Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Yes. Oh, there's Alabama. There we go. Tony Miola, the goalie. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Is he Jersey or not Jersey? I'll say he is from New Jersey. Also from New Jersey. And you are both correct, yes. Tony Mayo, born in Belleville, grew up in Kearney. Kearney ah. 
is a huge soccer town. I have friends and, in Belmarsh that ask if they know him. How old is Udi B now? Or how old is who? That's Miola. Miola. Oh, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't. I don't have the uh, thing up at the moment. But uh, it, Tony Miola, you know, like he was on our uh, national team. Yeah. He, he also tried out as place place kicker in the NFL. Played also on some uh, professional um, soccer teams, but yeah, we did we did not win the World Cup that year. But if I'm correct, did, did you go with us to a World Cup game, uh, Pete? No, I did not. I would have loved to though. Okay, yeah, I, I got to actually go to one of the World Cup games held at Giant Stadium. It was Italy versus Norway. It, Italy won one nothing. Question. Yeah, so it looks like he's like he was born in '69, so he's going to be uh, what 52? Oh, he turned 52. Well, uh, no, 69. That means he will be 51 this year. Sometime. I'm sorry, 51. But yeah, I'm a math <laughs> major. I don't know if you do that. And um, <laughs> no, I, I'd say I have friends who live in Belleville around you know similar ages. I wonder if they uh, knew him. Okay, and I'm I'm going to jump real quick. Let's do a, a a quick lightning round of basketball rick barry uh not, not from jersey Pete? Mm, not from jersey roselle park new jersey oh, oh, God, and he's the only player to lead the ncaa aba and nba in score in scoring for an individual season and he was also known for something very weird he was the hall of fame player that shot his free throws underhand and wow. has one of the best all-time percentages of free throw percentage. Julius Irving. Dr. J. Dr. Uh, J. I, from Jersey. I say also from Jersey. And you are both wrong. He is from East Meadow and Roosevelt, New York. He grew up. Um, I love that video game. But he's forever tied with New Jersey sports because of his association with the Nets. We will actually continue that one on another episode. And, and, and my heartbreak. Um, Kobe Bryant, Jersey or not Jersey. Okay. This one, I, I'm pretty sure I know. Again, man, you answer okay, first. I will say Kobe Bryant, not from New Jersey. I am pretty sure he is from New Jersey. And Ming is right. He's but he's not. Philly. He's from Philly. <laughs> he's from Philly and then actually grew up uh, part of his childhood in Italy. You, you know, man, I know I'm thinking of Shaq. That's what tripped me up. <laughs> Shaq's from Newark, right? And that was my last one. Shaquille uh, O'Neal. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I'm doing the game. Hall of Famer and master of Shaq Fu. From Ming knew he's from Jersey, right? I No, I didn't actually. Oh, great. Yes. So, you know, th th that is this week's version of Jersey, not Jersey. Oh, good game. Good game. Good game, yeah. Nice so, one, Nick. And, and as uh, I mentioned, we have some more uh, New Jersey sports to talk about. Uh, next um, next time out, we're actually going to talk about um, actually breaking the color barrier. And, in fact, one of the players I mentioned before, uh, Larry Doby. And we'll also mention Jackie Robinson. There's a lot to talk about when we talk about those two. A lot, so, definitely. A lot of content there. Yes. Yeah. So to, to be continued. <laughs> um, 
I want to thank Ming again for putting this all together for us. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, guys. And thank yes. you, Pete. Thank you. Thanks to everybody here. <laughs> and, you know, if you have any questions, you know, like that you, you want to know, uh, you know, like J Jersey, not Jersey, uh, any particular points of New Jersey history, anything that you want us uh, to, you know, to hit. Um, I just realized I did not make a, a, a website or a, a, an email address for us, so I will do so. But you can always hit me up on, um, on Facebook. And you can always uh, throw something on the comments uh, on the stream or at a, a shared universe. And again, uh, for all those out there you know, going through this time, uh, you know what? Do something creative. Do, do something for you. Create a... Uh, Create a, pod, create a new podcast at a shared universe. So um, I have, for What Exit, Jersey Stories, I've been Nick Franco. I'm Pete Riario. Ming Chen. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Have a great night. Take care. Be safe. <laughs>